Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. Uh, no Berg today. I know this is where half of you turn off your podcast, but stick with us. We did a little show prep. Uh, one preview, pastors. Uh, uh, we know, if you're a pastor, that you have done nothing for your Lenten uh, services yet. And uh, we're just a few weeks away, and you're probably wondering, okay, what am I going to do for uh, my midweek Lenten series? Well, we are going to take care of that for you. Not by we, I mean vicar. Because the joy of having a vicar is I don't have to think about it. I just have to approve. <laughs> yep. So we'll, we'll give you uh, a little heads up on what you can do this year for your midweek Lenten. We've done the prep for you. Just stay tuned and listen, and, and uh, we have some ideas for you. So, uh, Vicar, what are you drinking there? Coffee today. It's still morning, so I'm it's, still drinking coffee. It's a Saturday morning, which tends to be a low-energy morning. So uh, I am in the middle of uh, faking enthusiasm and energy. <laughs> Until I get into it, but I have a great Aren't top. We all? I got a great top twelve list that I'm actually pretty psyched about. So, uh, so uh, what are you drinking? I've I've got uh, I've got my uh, Aldi Bella V Bold Cherry Lime sparkling water. Vicar's got some coffee. What do you? What... I've got sun. I I went to so I I think I may have told talked about my rule. Whenever I go to High V, I have to go to the health food section and get. A weird energy drink. Yes. What do you got today? Uh, so today I have Sunshine Good Energy Blueberry Lemonade. That sounds good. I think it's going to be a sparkling water, so I'm not super hyped about it. All right, let me. But we'll find out. I'll open mine up here. Sounds like five o'clock in here. Mm. By the <laughs> way, if you ever want like a, a really good flavorful sparkling water, this uh, cherry lime from Aldi's is not bad. It's in the... It's, it even tastes better because it has that 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 uh, tall thin can. <laughs> oh, like a like a Red Bull. Yeah, and it, it fits well in in the clerical ears mini fridge. So. So uh, yeah, vi- you're dedicated, Peter. You've started a new job, and here you are, still working on the podcast. Well, you know, I got a new I got a new side gig, but this is you know my main hustle, of course. So I have a question. In, you had a, a, a decent amount of job interviews. How much did the podcast mm-hmm. ever come up? Um, every time, actually. Really? Because it's at, I have it at the top of my resume. Yeah. Were, were yeah. they actually impressed by that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I've been producing an episode, or I mean, a a podcast for what two and a half years now, nonstop, every week, three years. That's pretty three good. Years. That's good. And yeah, a continuous weekly episodes. That's, That's interesting, right there. That's interesting. That actually was something that people wanted to to talk about a little bit. Yep. Well, it's paid off. It's paid off. <laughs> Your selfless work, uh, trying to get our schedules together, which probably will be getting more difficult in the near future. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> now I have work, so we can't do it during work hours. And uh, there might be more uh, remote uh, sessions in the future. We can talk about that in a future episode. 
but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, you can bring it back to evenings with, uh, you know, more grown-up beverages now and then. You know, the evening sh- shows tend to be like the f- the best shows. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. So, I agree with you. I think they're fun. So, Vicar is preaching to tomorrow, today, as you listen. Uh, Vicar, what are you preaching on? Well, the gospel text is Luke chapter eight. Um, it's the parable of the sower, and uh, I like this one because Jesus explains parables a little bit and the whole point of them. So, and and it's not for everybody to understand. He kind of, kind of hides the gospel in it for his people. But uh, this one's a really unique one because Jesus talks about the sower um, sowing out his seed, but it's his, the word of God is what he explains that is. And he gives an example of four different soil types that receive the, the seed or the word. And I think people start to place themselves in one of those soil types because he says it, it's like people. You know, and, you know, some, the word just, it's like the, the, the rock or the path and the soil just can't take. It's the environment is not conducive to growing and in faith and the birds come and pick the seed away and they never germinate. Um, but, uh, you because, know, because part of that is Jesus is talking to people who are openly just reject everything he's saying. Right. And then the, there's other that fall on uh, rocky soil, but it grows a little bit, but it withers away because it had no moisture. So that's a lot like people that just, they hear it, but, you know, trials and tribulations come and their faith is challenged and, and they kind of lose, lose faith there. Um, and then there's, there's others that fall around the thorns and uh, that gets all choked up um, from growing. It steals the moisture, it steals the sunlight, and this is people that have really cluttered lives. They've put other priorities ahead of God's word and God's will for them. And then there's the last soil type, which is good soil, where things grow and and the yield is a hundredfold. And everybody probably says, well, that's me because, you know, I'm here at church and everything. But the the crowd that Jesus is teaching to, and even our churches, there's, there's all kinds of people out there, all kinds of hearts is the way I'm going to explain it. Some people have different hearts. and But the point is, Jesus changes the heart and better gives us his heart so that we can all be that good soil. We might be one of those other soil types at times, but he changes our heart. He feeds us his word. He nourishes it, our faith and, and gives us his grace, his word and sacrament. And if we were left to our own hearts, we would, we would all suffer and lose faith. So uh, this is what Berg would ask. Um, what parts of the catechism do you find in this text? <laughs> so I, I, I obviously think here uh, the, the third article, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my right. Lord or come to him. Um, I think of um, a baptism, how by daily contrition and repentance the old Adam in us is drowned and dies. So in other words, that uh, part of that soil is uh, reflecting on God's word um, and uh, seeing your sins, confessing them, in a sense, weeding, weeding the... Right. So that the sin does not grow out of control. I also see the, the Ten Commandments with the, the first three of 
um, loving God above all and fearing God above all, and then the the other seven, loving your neighbor, um, and especially with the third commandment. Hebrews four is the epistle that I'm picked for this week mm-hmm. out of the two they they offered, and that's about coming to church and keeping the Sabbath day holy. If you don't come to church, you might not be nourished. Not only that, but you've got your brothers and sisters in Christ to build you up and for you to help them too. Another uh, way the third the third article is is with the, in the text is really the only way you can understand the parables is by the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yep. Um, also, um, there is a first article thing too that you see in this and other parables, and that is is God. I believe in God the Father. Create who created heaven and earth, right? Yep. And so the God who created this earth, who causes a seed to grow, causes the seasons to, to change, who uh, um, gives the, the plentiful harvest, that God who created that whole system, that we have food, that we have life, and that we are alive, uh, is the same God then who also created the redemptive nature. And so this is one reason why a lot of these nature parables work so well, because it reflects that the same God who created us and the same God who nurtures us is the same God who also then created life in his son Jesus. And so Jesus is easily able to make uh, parallels with the natural world with salvation because he is the creator of both. You might see a line of similarities between the seed that grows and the faith that grows. Or you might find similarities between a seed that is planted and then and essentially dead and then sprouts forth from the ground alive, just like the resurrection. Um, so to me, that, that's a, that, there's a first article in, in this and other parables like it that have kind of a, a natural sense to them because it really shows that God is the creator of both. I mean, even when, when you talk about relationships, whether it's a the, the prodigal son, the father's love for a son. That's part of his created order. He created uh, created uh, men to love their, their sons and their children. And, and that's reflected in that as well. But that, 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 to me, that's a, an interesting aspect to these uh, nature-related parables. But at the same time, as you mentioned, um, you know, the per- parables weren't necessarily just object lessons so that you can understand them better. Part of the the whole thing was was so that they could be hidden as well, right? So, what, what kind of uh, what what's your solution then to the so you mentioned like the different types of soil? How does it in your sermon rise to the crescendo? <laughs> well, it, it it crescendos in the divine service. That's where everything is happening that changes your heart. The forgiveness of sins, you know, with holy absolution. Um, it started at baptism, mm-hmm. and when that seed of faith is planted in you. But um, in the worship service too, you're you're receiving God's word, being nourished. You're fed uh, His true body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, and that's changing your heart. It's like um, Psalm 51: "Create in me a new heart, O God." Mm-hmm. So, do you, you know what I find one of my favorite aspects to this parable that I don't think you hear that often. All right, because. It's easy to be taken away with all the the ways that the ways things can go wrong, trampled, choked out, the cares of this life, all these ways, right? Right. And uh, it really could be an easy just to focus on the aspect 
that all this seed dies. <laughs> all this seed is unfruitful. But, but what's interesting is the fact that, lo and behold, what happens? At the end of the parable, of the sower, what does he bring in? What are, the word, what are the words actually that Jesus uses? What does a sower bring in? Um, it should be in the red. It's all red. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he gives you the secrets of the kingdom of God. Right, but what does it say? Doesn't it say the sower uh, gives even numbers there? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. He's talking on, about Vicar. when the fell into the good soil, it grew and yielded a hundredfold. You're, the the other uh, gospel writers' accounts give more numbers, and it's probably okay. what you're remembering. But this one does say it yielded a hundredfold, a bountiful harvest. Right. So my point is, it's really easy to look at this and and to be discouraged on all the ways it fails. But to me, it's first of all, even in rocky soil, it grows a little bit. The power of the right. word of God, right? Second of all, uh, the sower continues to sow because. He continues to get a harvest. And uh, to me, this is an important point that I think um, the Christian needs to hear often. And that is, and, and I, I kind of worded it with you when we were talking about this, did, did Jesus do all of this to fail? No. He, M- meaning we, talk, we yeah. think of all the, the ways that, that uh, the seed dies or is unheard or is, the word is rejected. And it seems like, like the parable, we can think of more ways that it's rejected than more ways that it produces yeah. fruit. 75% of the examples he gave fail, and only 25% Right. It. But even though that, that may happen, Jesus didn't do this all to fail. He still brings in a plentiful harvest. And Jesus didn't die so that we can wallow in the, 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 the small percentage of people who are actually saved. You know, he weeps over them, but nonetheless, his kingdom is greater than all of this. It surpasses everything. It overwhelms all the failures. His kingdom uh, is the reason why Jesus died and rose, and it overwhelms all the failures that we can think of, all the sin and the shame and the enemies and all those things that we wrestle with every day no matter how hard the devil in this world tries to rob us of the victory, what happens? The sower brings a bountiful harvest, and that is a reason to joy. Even if your hearts are saddened by the losses, because people will, rep- will think of this text not only in, in the light of themselves, but also in, the, the, in light of those around them or those they maybe even care about. But remember, listener, the sower souls to bring a harvest. And he does, even despite all the failures. And the kingdom of God is worth it. The resurrection of Jesus is worth it. The glory of the kingdom of God overwhelms all those losses. It does. He reaps more than he sows. So, uh, um, to me, that is an, an encouraging sign that we tend to forget about. Because people probably find this kind of depressing at first. Right. Right. And we talked about some good examples where people... Jesus didn't die on the cross to lose. We don't bury our loved ones to lose them either. They're all part of the harvest. All right. We're rolling now, Pete. That's right. You getting awake yet? Yeah, working on it. How's your uh, energy drink? Uh, It's fine. It's got a little more blueberry and a little less lemonade than I would have liked, but... Yes. 
pretty good. Man, I miss Berg today. I want Berg today. He's busy. He'll be back. Oh, well. Uh, by the way, Vicar, if people want to comment on that text, where could they get a hold of us? Well, you guys took my card. Oh, I know. You have it memorized by now? Nope. Really? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll judge you, okay? Give uh, it a shot. Give it a shot. You could find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast. Is that right? That's it. That's good. I That's think, right. I think if people just say, hey, we're clerical errors podcast, we're on Facebook, yeah. they should be able to find us. All right? All right. Or Twitter. At me, bro. At clerical errors podcast. Um, no. <laughs> no. The P is for podcast. Clerical errors P. Clerical errors P. Peace for podcast. And then what do I say? At me, bro. At me, bro. <laughs> Come on. I said that already. You need said more coffee. All right. This is true. And then we have an email. Email. Clerical errors podcast. That's not an email. Uh, no, I don't, I'm drawing a blank, you guys. Feedback at clerical errors.org. Hey, there we go. At me, bro. Ooh. You ever and, been uh, to a website before, Vicar? <laughs> yeah, once. Right? <laughs> go- go- Google helped me out, though. Okay. Should okay. we start a, a a Twitch site? I don't even know what that is, but I know all the kids are doing that. The Clerical Heirs Twitch. Yeah, we could do that. What you are you going to live stream? stream me playing Frogger. Frogger? Hmm. What about Tetris? I hear you're, uh, you're good at Tetris, right? Oh, yeah. Although, you know, I tried. I noticed something. Is uh is this maybe it's an age thing? I was much better at Tetris when I was like eighteen than I am at forty eight. I don't know if my if your hand eye coordination slows down. I know your strength doesn't slow down because I've been killing it in the weight room. But <laughs> Tetris is a young man's game. <laughs> <laughs> like the I mean, like our in the video gaming world is are, are there any great video gamers that are forty eight years old at this point? Like esports players? No, I don't think so. Is there any? Uh, maybe I should. We should get maybe Vicar doing like a deer hunting video mm. game on on Twitch. <laughs> Those games are out there too. You know, I just I don't have time for games. So, oh, Peter's gonna find this out for me. I remember this one. Oh, the Silver Snipers. There's wow. a Counter Strike esports team. This is from 2017. I remembered this. Uh, Counter-Strike Esports team where everyone is over 60. The Silver Snipers. (laughs) What game do they play? What (laughs) game do they play? Counter-Strike CSGO. Jonah plays that game. I don't even know what that means. Is it a FPS game? It is indeed an FPS game. It looks like every other game. Mm -hmm. So are they like former like uh, military people, perhaps, could be. Yeah, it's um, it's a very hard game to play. Really, actually. So it's probably had... uh, probably good for them. Yeah, they have. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, they have they have usernames. Some of the usernames are Knitting Knight and Barra Bang and Teen Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably good for their mental acuity. 
So you, listener, <laughs> get a computer and start playing some CSGO. We're rooting for you. Sorry, Vicar, I cut you off. Are you going to say something? Oh, I just remember in college there's a few people that failed out because they, they got hooked and they just stayed in the dorms playing Counter-Strike day and night. You know, people started throwing air, air fresheners in their room because they weren't showering and everything. It was gross. But they, fail, they failed out. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have a top 12 list. Um, Peter, what is my favorite sporting event of the year? This might catch Vicar. Do you know what it might be? I think so. What? Basketball. Sort well, of. what basketball? Sort What's, of. That's, uh, basketball's not an event. Like the Super okay. Bowl is an event, but it's not the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, yeah what happens basketball. every mid on the weekend, every uh, mid February? The, uh, oh, what is it called? College basketball. No. No. That's March Madness. Yeah, that's what I was look, thinking of. Yeah. No. That's, that's in, not in mid February. That's, that's in March. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, this is the only sporting event where I would, growing up, make my children sit down and watch with me. Because it's That's not true. nearly as fun for me watching by myself, right? You you have memories of this, Peter? Uh, of course, yes. Making fun of it, usually. Right, because it's like, okay, family, this is very important for us. We need to watch this sporting event together, okay? And uh, Any clues yet, Vicar? The NBA. Any other ideas? All right, you're on the right track. Yes, it is I NBA. I don't know what they call it, but yeah, the NBA. Okay. And 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 it's All Star Weekend, but it's not it's not the All Star Game. Nobody watches that, really. It's a slam dunk contest. Mm. The NBA slam dunk contest, right? So, uh, yeah, I've been a fan of the slam dunk contest uh, from the very beginning. I remember uh, when Dr. J won it, taking off from the free throw line, the first to ever do it, man. So you've been inspired by that your whole life. Yeah. Nice. The right. most I iconic mean, one is the LeBron James thunk. No, that wasn't LeBron James thrunk. That was Dwight Howard. Oh, I thought it was LeBron. No, that was Dwight Howard when he went into the phone booth and came out. Oh, that's right. You're right. So he was, yeah. That was an epic battle with Nate Robinson. So I, I know these things, Vicar. There was the uh, the 12-foot hoop dunk. That was that was uh that was impressive. That was Dwight Howard as well. That was Dwight Howard, yeah. Right. So, in honor of that, because if you're going to talk about dunks, do you know what 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 happens is uh is immediately when you're talking about historical dunks, what do you do? Peter, you know what you do. You rank them, right? Oh, what is course. the greatest dunk of all time? Right? Or what was the greatest dunk contest of all time? I even have like a little list in my own head of my top five dunks that I did at the seminary. <laughs> the top one being against Fairhaven Baptist, a two-hander. We were getting beaten all day at their their K through college. I probably told the story already. Hung on the rim till and looked at the ref until I got teed up. <laughs> so uh, did you have your tongue hanging out like Michael Jordan? No, I did not. But uh, I probably should have. Um, and so, in honor of that, I have the top 12 uh, 
dunks in the Bible. And this is not ne- this is not necessarily contest dunks, but this is like dunks on on someone got dunked on. Okay. All right. So uh uh Vicar, what do you think Peter should do? Play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's top twelve. So these aren't the top twelve baptisms then, huh? <laughs> hey. Actually, uh, remind me, Peter, I actually want to do also in the future the top 10, uh, 12. Uh, top 12, that's true, uh-huh. uh, top 12 rap battles in the Bible as well. All right. Okay. All right. Because there, there's some good ones there, too. Can you think of any off the top of your head would be a good rap battle? Probably Pharaoh and Moses. Certainly. Certainly. So... Yeah, there's lots of things. So these are the top 12. And as I do, to help explain, I might give historical context from dunk contests in the past so that you can relate to these stories better. You put a lot of effort into this one. Number 12. David dunking on Goliath. It's a pretty obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this what I, I call my Brent Berry. Uh, that's my historical relation to that because... Um, you see David, and you're like thinking, okay, he's gonna beat Goliath, really. The odds are not in his favor. Mm-hmm. Right, and the reason why I say this is the because Goliath was huge. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how tall he was? Can you find that out real quick while I talk? Nine foot something, but I'll look. Yeah, so maybe twelve. So you look, you look at the odds. You say, okay, David doesn't have a chance. He's got all this armor, giant sword. He's got some stones. You know, David does. You're sending this boy out, right? So um, if you're wondering why I, I put, uh, I'm comparing um, Brent Berry uh, to Goliath or to David in this, that's my relation to this. You can go ahead and, and Google a picture of Brent Berry and you'll understand. Well, we should probably check the, the Bible too, but on Google they say that Goliath stood at four cubits in a span, which could be anywhere from 7.8 <laughs> feet to 11.35 feet. Yeah, so... All right. So, Peter, did you figure out why Brent Berry is David? Um, is he short? <laughs> no. <laughs> why is he David? Figured <laughs> you got it figured out. He's in a, someone you wouldn't expect no. to win. Come on, guys. He doesn't look like a dunking <laughs> all-star. <laughs> Peter knows, but he doesn't want to say it. I can't believe you. <laughs> this was the... Okay, so here's the thing. To the listener, I want you all to know here. Bullhagen doesn't number these, okay? He's not ranking them, really. He just has to come up with 12 of them. That was the first one he came up with. That's not That's not the worst one he came up with. That's the first one he came up with. <laughs> anyway... All right. Number 11. Paul dunks on the circumcision crowd. <laughs> right? Can you, uh, do you, you got a Bible there? Yeah. What are you looking I for? I want to look at uh, Galatians 5. 5.12? Yes. Here you go. By the way, Goliath, you just got dunked on. 5.12 says, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. <laughs> You know, I, I actually made a comment during this in Pauline Epistles class. Yeah, yeah. I said, doesn't that basically mean Paul was saying, uh, 
why stop at the tip? <laughs> and the professor didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Explain what's going on with this this uh, vicar. Judaizers are trying to get the early Christians to be circumcised, the Gentile ones, to come into the covenant um, or to be to come into the church, just like they used to have to to come into the Old Testament covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the non-Jews, the Gentiles, Paul was arguing the case that they don't have to be circumcised. They received the Holy Spirit without that, just from you know the power of God's word being preached. They came to saving faith. And he actually used, in one of the Jerusalem councils, he used Titus as an object lesson. They brought him and, and said, hey, if the apostles think he should be circumcised, they'll make him do that and he'll come back circumcised. But they didn't. They didn't make him get circumcised. So when he brought him back to one of those Gentile churches, that was to prove the point. You, They agreed with me. You don't have to be circumcised to be a Christian. Freedom. And uh, yeah, this is the great... I mean, the Judaizers get dunked on with this. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. <laughs> Hey, Vicar, guess what happened to the Judaizers? Uh, what? They just got dunked on. <laughs> Number 10. Uh, this is from Acts chapter 2, Peter's sermon, uh, where he says, let me find it here. Uh, Peter is preaching uh, to those uh, who are still there because of... Um, finishing out the Passover, right? That's mm-hmm. why they're Jews from all over the place. And he says, uh, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, and you yourselves will, uh, know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified him and killed him by the hands of lawless men, but God raised him up. So he's saying, Peter's saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this Jesus you killed, but God raised him up. And they were cut to the heart, and they were baptized. So I guess they literally got dunked on. They got dunked. Number nine. Uh, Jericho. Right? Right. Actually, this one did remind me of the Dwight Howard dunk where he steps out of the phone booth. Or the Blake Griffin one where he jumps over IKEA, right? A lot of fan. There's a lot of fanfare uh, with those, right? A lot of noise, a lot of buildup, right? Mm-hmm. Something awesome is about to happen. That's one thing that if you're a good dunk contest contributor, right? You you don't just uh, you don't just uh, dunk it. You you kind of build it up. Whether it's you're wearing a cape or you bring out a car. Or something like that. It's more of a new school. Like one of the best ones was Eric Gordon, where he brought a mascot. He was spinning. The mascot was spinning on what do you call those little uh, hoverboard? A hoverboard. Okay. With the ball on top of his head, and Eric Gordon. This is probably one. Of, I think one of the greatest dunks ever done in a competition. He wound up losing that. I mean, and he jumps over the spinning mascot, goes underneath both legs, 
All right. Peter's shaking his head. All right. All right. You're going to find it? <laughs> While he's doing that, I'll tell you about a dunk contest they do in the UP. Or do you want me to bring that up later? No, go ahead. Well, they have this Finnish festival they call Heikenpaiva. And I guess it means something like the bear turned over. So like a hibernating bear rolls over halfway through winter. Uh-huh. Well, they celebrate it by parading in the streets like pagans. And then they cut a hole in the ice of the frozen lake. And while still in costume, they jump into the water and dunk. And then they come out and go in a sauna or something. Oh, how quaint. How quaint. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the dunk. All right, Vicar, what do you think? This, tell me this is not one of the greatest dunks of all time. Wow. See, that one wasn't the hoverboard one. He did. I think the hoverboard one was separate. Watch this in slow motion. Oh, come on. Come on. Ugh. Put some snarl in that. Let's go. Let's go. Ugh. I can see how amped that gets you. Yeah. Why did I think that had a hoverboard in it? Because they did one of those at some point. Oh, it was the same one with the mascot, but I don't think he did the leg thing. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, this is the timing on this, Vicar. Yeah. All right. He only uses one hand. 360. Oh, look at Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, man. Uh. Jericho, you just got dunked on. Explain that. Why Why? Why say like a buildup and fanfare? Like here. Well, because they were marching around the city with horns and making noise. And that's what uh, toppled the walls. Well, God did. But but anyways, Jericho still got dunked. Dunked on. Number eight. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Uh, rain down... Uh, Sulfur and fire. Right. Um, and uh, j- the judgment of their sin. So, yeah. I don't know if this needs any further explanation. You know, although I will talk about this, Vicar. Okay? Think of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm-hmm. And think of the phrase, uh, God loves a sinner but hates the sin. Hmm. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah just got dunked. Dunked on. I don't know. I'm All pretty right. salty about that one. <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> Number seven. Elgon was dunked on by Ehud. You'll have to explain. I'm not sure I'm that familiar with this one. All right. So uh, Ehud was a judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elgon was a king of, oh, it's been blanking out. Is this the tent, tent stake one? No, this is not the tent stake. stake. I, well, that would be a good one. Yeah. This was uh, where uh, he went into the king's chamber. Oh. Right? Rooftop. On the rooftop. Yep. And uh, and uh, he go. He has a like a, a sword hidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, the king goes up to uh, rest and relieve to take him. Take a dunk. Yeah. Yeah, he was going <laughs> to... He was gonna do some work, and then, uh, and then uh, Ehud comes in and uh, stabs him, and like he can't even get his sword out because the guy's so fat. And it, it says like all his like his guts came out, right? His bowels, it all spilled out, right? And uh, the people that like the the guards outside, they smell it, and they they think to themselves, "Man, he's doing some work in there." <laughs> 
<laughs> and the door's locked, right? He right. locked it on the way out, so they're just like, yeah, we'll just give him some time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Elgon. You just got dunked on. You just got dunked on. All right. The next ones, as we, we go, are, are increasingly obvious, all right? Number six. Uh, the prophets of Baal. Right? Mm-hmm. The 450 prophets of Baal. Um, and uh, if you can open the Bible, Vicar, to 1 Kings 18.27, it gets to the point where just Elijah's there and all these prophets. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, <laughs> or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. He's mocking them, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, so as he's, like, dumping water like gallons and gallons of water mm-hmm. on his own to see which uh, sacrifice God would, which God would accept the sacrifice. Uh, he's telling them, well, maybe your God is, uh, is asleep. Maybe he's relieving himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then later as they, the, the prophets eat, uh, meet, uh, an end that is deleterious to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as God sends fire down and accepts uh, Elijah's sacrifice and, uh, s- uh, and sucks up all the water, um, the prophets of Baal are, are destroyed. So what happens there, Baker? What happened to the, these prophets of Baal? And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. So in other words, they just got dunked on. Dunked on. What do you think of the list so far, Pete? Man, that, that story is just always like the mo- one of the most metal stories in the entire Bible. Right. Just like, hey, you lost. I'm going to slice all your throats. Right. So it's kind of interesting because whenever people ask, well, why don't uh, Lutherans do interfaith services? <laughs> Because they did have an interfaith service once. <laughs> so you really want to have an interfaith service. All right. You, you know, someone's going to get dunked on. I'm still wondering if you have a NBA contestant to compare to that last guy who got stabbed in the belly. Zion Williamson. <laughs> NBA fans will think that was hilarious. All right. Number five. Uh, is from Matthew 23. Uh, basically here, Jesus just dunks on all the Pharisees. Just an epic rant. And not only is it an epic rant, it kind of winds up actually saddening Jesus. But uh, can you find some as you you find Matthew 23 there? Yeah, all the woes. Right, right. Can you pick out some, some uh, lines that just show how they get dunked on here? Woe to you blind guides who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. <sighs> you blind fools. Ooh. Right. Uh, let's see. Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Tonk on. Yeah, so here's just an epic, just a rant where we're... Jesus dunks on all of them. So, 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all (laughs) uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. All right. Guess what happens to the the scribes and the Pharisees, Vicar? They get dunked on. They just got dunked on. Number four. What's like the big one I haven't mentioned yet? Is there a big one? Old Testament. Big one, Old Testament. Oh, oh, there's so many. Um, Pharaoh. Yep. Um, That's it. That's the one. Pharaoh and all his hosts get dunked on in the Red Sea, right? So my little guess about baptism isn't too far off. Right, right. They were they were baptized. Yep. They were dunked on by the Red Sea, right? Uh, attacking the children of Israel, stuck between the water and the and the whole host, and they walk through on dry ground, and then Pharaoh and his hosts get drowned in the sea. They get what? Dunked on. And and actually, this this becomes a, a a theme throughout the time in the wilderness, and also later, even in the New Testament. It's like uh, even Paul references this uh, too. You know, you here were these people who basically saw Pharaoh and all his hosts get dunked on in the Red Sea, and yet. Yeah, right? they still grumbled. Didn't you see me dunk on them? Yep. Right? They still grumbled. So Pharaoh and all his hosts, guess what? You just got dunked on. Dunked on. Number three. Number three is kind of like uh, you go back to the, the battles, like the epic battles. Mm-hmm. Right? You could go to uh, Zach Levine and Eric Gordon. You know those uh, those dunks I showed you with the mascot? He actually lost that one. Can you believe that? Hmm. There was better out there. Yeah, it's one of the highly debated dunk contests of all time. That and and really the the and uh, the Jordan Dominique Wilkins one, it's kind of that way. And then a, a, a smaller sense the uh, um the Dwight Howard and uh, um oh what I'm blanking on his name uh the little guy, but uh, I'm talking about where there's like two like main powers just going at it, mm-hmm. right? Until someone wins, right? So can you think of where there's, there might be a battle, but ultimately the one gets dunked on? I'm going with the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's a really good one. Right? He goes out hungry. Like, not. it's kind of like, uh, you know how in dunk contests, maybe you don't know, they'll add like a blindfold, Right. Or they'll say, okay, it's not hard. It's too easy to dunk regularly. I'm going to put a car in the way, right? Or I'm going to take off from the free throw line. I'm going to set Brent, the rim to 12 foot. Like I'm going to set the rim to 12 feet, okay? Mm-hmm. So what does Jesus do when he goes out in the wilderness? He goes out hungry. Yeah. Right? He he makes it the odds even uh, more against him. Mm-hmm. Out in the wilderness by himself. Driven out by the Holy Spirit after his baptism. Yep. Right? So, so uh, the devil throws in all sorts of temptations there, right? Uh, basically, the inverse, the opposite of the Lord's Prayer about, you know, change this food to bread, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Yep. Uh, um, uh, 
the throw, kingdom. You I'll know. give you the kingdom. Yep. You know, where Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All these things that the, dev, the devil fights. Um, and, uh, and ultimately, he sends them away. How does that end? Uh, what are Jesus' exact words as he uh, finishes the dunk? So three times he refutes him with the word of God. And I think, the, let's see, the finest, or the, the end is, uh, let me see. Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Right. So that, that, that see the image how that's, this, the devil got dunked on, and then like the angels come? Yep. Right. Give him some water. You see, like the the dunk, con- the dunk contest imagery we're given here. They pat his forehead with a towel. Right, right. So guess what, Satan? You just got dunked on. Number two. Now there's two main obvious ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Number two is the cross. Right. The cross is number two. The cross is number two. Is that is that shocking to you? It is. What yeah. dunks harder than the cross? I think I know, but... Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll find out. If I can't give away my number one, see, there is an order to these, Peter. Oh. Actually... I... Okay. <laughs> I actually switched um, my orders anyways. I, I, I actually originally had the Prophets of Baal as 11, and I swapped that with, with uh, Paul dunking on the... The circumcision crown. So yeah. I did put some thought behind it. It's hard to pick because you could have had other things like Nineveh in there. But right. there's so many examples. And and what gets dunked on on the cross? Your sins just got dunked on. Sins, death, the devil, the world. Right. And to reject Christ is to say, okay, I'm going to try this dunk myself. All right. <laughs> so it's like saying, okay, Vicar, we're going to raise the rim to 12 feet. All right, let's see what you can do. How'd that go, Vicar? Well, I couldn't hit the rim before that, so. Right. Maybe this is the new analogy, like the uh, baptized into death, baptized into life thing. Oh. <laughs> Romans Jesus six. rose you up so you could dunk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, dunking comes along with leg day, by the way, Vicar. Oh, okay. <laughs> So obviously, our uh, all the thi- our sins, you know, our shame, all that we deserve by our sins mm-hmm. on the cross, the power and the threat of the devil, the perfect lambs of our sacrifice, right? What happens to our sins there on the cross? They're buried with Christ. They're dunked on. Let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> I set him up. I, was that me or was that Vicar? Was that, that was on me? Vicar. That was Vicar. That was Vicar. Okay. I think you were losing energy, so I didn't read into it. So, Vicar, what happens to our sins? They get dunked on. And number one. You guys know what number one is, right? Yeah. What is it? The resurrection. The resurrection, right? Because, I mean, busting out of the tomb to dunk on death. Yep. Right? Mary, why are you weeping? I just dunked on death. <laughs> Thomas, why are you doubting? 
I just dunked on death. Yeah. Right? This Jesus you killed, but then he dunked on you. <laughs> I mean, to me, that is, that is a, what do you, th- does he think this imagery works, Peter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the resurrection, death. Which dunk contest is this one based off of? Hmm. Give me a minute. Vicar, say something smart. <laughs> what a good tee off for uh, talking about Lent. Now you're getting everybody excited about the coming of Lent. So, oh, right. Gosh, we don't have time for this. Good save it. Yeah, we'll save it. Could set it on the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, the resurrection. Uh, our sin is gets dunked dunked on. We're given life. It shows that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. I would say maybe this. I, I might one name I haven't mentioned with the dunk contest is uh, the Vince Carter dunk contest. That's probably held in honor by a lot as one of the greatest dunk contests of all time. Do you remember that one? Nope. In that dunk contest, it was the one where, like when Jordan won it, he was like neck and neck with Dominique Wilkins. I mean, that was, that was to the dunk historian, that was, uh, in fact, some people think that maybe Dominique Wilkins got, got, uh, um, that he really deserved to win that. And but everyone was, just assumed. But it was Michael Jordan, so he got the win. Right. And I believe it was in Chicago. And so the home crowd put him over the edge. But, uh, um, but Vince Carter's like one dunk, one dunk, and everyone knew it was over. And he did things that no one had ever seen. Like he sticks his arm in both arms, his arm in the rim, and he does it with force and power. Right? Yeah. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Does that get you fired up, Vicar? Look at that. I find myself wondering if there's a Looney Tunes version of this. <laughs> There is. Uh, yeah, over, bound, off the bounce, between the legs, and then the point, and then it's over. See? Yep. He's it's, it's over. It's over. I mean, like, what what happens to death when Jesus rides? It's ah! over. <laughs> That's right. Oh, look at that 37-inch vertical. We should all be this happy about Easter, right? That's right. Oh, look at that. Oh, here's the elbow one. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this. That looks like an injury yeah. waiting to happen. Right, right. So what what happens to death and the resurrection? It gets dunked on. Yeah. All right. So everybody knows what I'm doing tonight. You'll be watching this. Right. If you're listening, it's too late. You'll have to. I'm sure you'll find. Although, it's either the thing about the dunk contest, either they're really good or they're really bad. I don't have a lot of hopes for this one. A lot of no names in it, hmm. but uh, does it get less exciting every year? Like the like the Super Bowl commercials? No. What happens is, it, like, there becomes like every once in a while, like a bright spot. Okay. Well, you know what? You know, I think when there's no names, though, that it it tends to be better because the no names care about it about doing well. Like this is their Super Bowl, right? This is their Super Bowl. If you have, you know, like a. That's that's why LeBron never did it because he never cared. I don't know. I think that LeBron never did it because he was always afraid of losing. Everyone just there's too, he would always expect them to win. But yeah, I guess, man. I don't know. 
Are you going to watch it tonight? No, I probably won't watch it. Well, uh, remember your poor mother and sister as I forced them to watch the dunk contest tonight. (laughs) And they have... Not only do I... Does that happen, Peter? You know this, right? I, I... I get offended if people just like look at an amazing dunk and they're like, so you just dunked the basketball. Like, are you not watching the same thing? Well, they've never done it before. That's the thing. Like you're the, you've done it before. You, you know how hard it is. Yeah. And part of it is like, yeah, I guess I suppose like an in game basketball dunk is pretty amazing feeling, but is it, is it like, in golf, when you hit the ball well and you can just feel that everything will finally work together correctly. Yeah. Just right. Well, the know. thing is, like, for, for me, like, like I, I prepared for that from the time I was, like, six. Okay. Practicing my Nerf hoop. And every doorway in my hallway had, like, as a young person, had, like, fingerprints. <laughs> and then when I got older, like, there are certain spots where I had fingerprints on the ceiling from just practicing jumping over and over again. I mean, to this day, like, I still want to, like, jump and touch things. That's true. I can attest <laughs> to that. But you also weigh the, weigh the, you know, is it worth getting possibly hurting myself? Right. <laughs> right. Because like, when I was refing a basketball game, the basketball got stuck. It and did. I, like, had a minute. You thought about it. I thought you? about it. But then I thought, well, if I, like, pull a muscle or I miss, then I'm going to be dunked on in front of all these people. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so. there. Are, there are people in the crowd being like, "Ah, oh, he could have done that." Yeah. So <laughs> sorry, I had a nerve. <laughs> well, remember the were you there one time where I, I was at a basketball tournament and the ball got stuck and I went out of the crowds to do it. Yeah. I remember. And then uh, my my keys were in my pocket, and so when I jumped up, the keys in my hoodie, I went up and the keys flipped up. It hit me in the eye, and I got a black. Not only did I not do it, I got a black eye. Wow! This was at this Fort Dodge tournament. I got a black eye because the keys smacked me in my face. It's like a god smack, <laughs> right? Right. All right, this show is dying. Let's end it. This sh- this show is done. So, uh, uh, Vicar, you, pastors, you still have a week. Next week. We will provide your Lenten service series. Um, we have time because you should be preaching on the propers of Ash Wednesday, anyways. So that's right. All right. Um, uh, Berg should be here next time. But in the process, uh, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicker. And may your false doctrine be dunked on. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.